0: for Matthew Hoppy, and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish.
1: Aminarit's run, meanwhile, well here looks for Hoppy again. Oh my words! You cannot write this kind of script. Blau and weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo, meiner Leute. Willkommen zum das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially, the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 113 of Schalke America, and yours truly is back from the injury list. Uh, let me bring right into the show the co-host, as always, Jack Mangan, the man who held up the fort last week. How you doing, Jack?
0: Hello, and good evening to everybody not named Thomas Muller. I hate you, Thomas Muller. <laughs> I wish you would go interpret some spaces that are not on a football pitch, and Somewhere away from Schalke, but um, I'm doing okay. Richard, good to have you back after uh, you know uh, my uh, catastrophe of an episode in the hosting duties uh, no. uh, last week. Uh, you can really you can really tell uh, how quickly things fall apart without the main man over here
1: <laughs> when he goes missing,
0: even for a solitary episode. But thank you to uh, to Ethan uh, for joining me last week and uh, helping us get through that one. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Tedesco time uh, fanboys were certainly in the, in the chat as well. It was awesome to have them on there as well. They Very were they, were they were indeed. They were indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good to have them on. Good to have Ethan on as well. Uh, haven't we haven't had them on a long time. It's a uh, second cap. It's almost as uh, bad as uh, Mark Ud. I guess or name name any other player who's had a cap in a long haven't hasn't had a cap in a long time. I guess so. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about uh this episode. Um obviously the game against Byron, a uh not the way we thought it was gonna go. Um uh, most of the game it was okay, but the end is uh anyway, and then we got some uh some news to talk about, about some um some transfer moves, uh both away and, and towards us. So uh we'll get into all of that.
0: Well, Richard, the good news about the Byron game is there was some good news. We're twice as good as we were at the start of the season. You know, we lose eight is true. We are improving. We are halfway proving. through. We lose four. Hey, by the end of the season, we might be able to draw Bayern nil nil, and what an accomplishment that would be. So, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, silver lining for everything, man.
1: There is a silver lining for everything. That is true. We it was a better performance. Uh, I joked before the game how I'm watching the game from my closet just because I was worried it would be a lot of goals. And I was thinking going into this, if we could give up, if we could give up three goals or less, that'll be a win for us, considering how bad we've been against them and how how bad we've looked against good teams overall. Um, so I wasn't too optimistic about how the game would go out. Um, what were your thoughts initially heading into the game? Cause obviously it's a game that obviously is a black eye for us this season. Eight nothing to start season.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean the, the highs of that, that went against Hoffenheim dissipated quickly with the losses to Frankfurt. And then of course the midweek collapse to Cologne, which has to be a pretty big psychological hit you would imagine. So, I mean, yeah, I wasn't expecting anything. I was expecting to get absolutely smashed by Byron. Um, you know even though there's a lot of teams at the top of the table right now that maybe aren't firing on all cylinders at the moment um i mean this is still top versus bottom of the league and we saw what happened earlier so yeah my expectations were few and far between i would say for yeah, uh, yeah.
1: and if you look at the records i mean the record it looked like Byron played us all year cuz the records almost identically flipped from us so they you know we they got like one or two losses we got one win and yeah it just it was it doesn't look good in, in the standings and uh, they're like something like 40 50 points ahead of us which is crazy at this time of the year um, but yeah let's you know look at the lineups so, you know before we get into this game um Bayern came out with a pretty standard lineup uh, Neuer it's basically Schalke B team out here a former Schalke the former Schalke hitman on here uh, Neuer in goal back four of Sule uh, Boateng Alaba and Davies he had a midfield of a big midfield a midfield five of Canabri, Goretzka Muller Kimmich and Sané all led by Lewandowski uh not nothing too surprising here uh you know For me, the one maybe surprise, I would say, is Sula playing right back. Um, But you heard through the game that they wanted to bring someone big to kind of push around Harit, uh, which I think he did successfully. What what was your thoughts on the lineup initially for Bayern?
0: (sighs) To be a Bayern Munich fan, man. It's a good lineup. You look look at that team, and it's just like there's good players in every single position. Champions League winners, apparently. In that starting 11. Yeah, I have heard that. That's that's the rumor. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's just... But yeah, four two three one kind of is a default shape, I guess you could say, which yeah. is what we came out with uh, as well. And yeah, that Sula thing, I guess maybe would be the only thing. Um, although what I would say is that Harid has been drifting centrally anyway, yeah. um, a lot from that left hand position. So putting like a big body out, out wide to counter him doesn't necessarily do anything. Maybe that was maybe that was more for Kolasinic, honestly, even though he was out of the lineup. So I mean, that like, maybe they, I don't know, I don't know when that was announced. I don't know what's going on with that, but. Um, yeah, and then from from the Schalke perspective, uh, which you'll get into, it was uh, very much what we've been seeing recently. Not not a whole lot different, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, it really wasn't. Uh, I mean, the one thing is it's been a constant lineup, I you know, with uh, back, uh, goal the Goaltender, obviously, Ralph Farrahman. Back four of Becker, Kabak, Nastasic, you know, Chipka. Uh, you had this holy midfielder of Stambouli and Serdar. And then attacking trio of Rahman, Uth, and Harit, uh, led by uh, Hopi. I think the interesting thing for me in the lineup, because obviously the big news uh, coming into this game was we we got Huntelar, uh, Klasnik, uh, We you know, Kolasinac, excuse me. He was uh, someone who's been playing well for us, you know, the, the brief time he's been with us. But this guy right here doesn't play, Mr. Huntelar, the jersey you see right behind me. And Kolasinac doesn't play either. Uh, Kolasinac because of injury and Huntelar, maybe they just don't want to embarrass him in his first game uh, back with the club. I don't know uh not having those two in there i think was the big thing for me cuz i was kind of hoping to see possibly Huntelar play not necessarily start but play at least um and not having either of them i think uh certainly made it more difficult than it was going to be already
0: yeah obviously so much excitement about Huntelar coming in and then doesn't feature in either of the first uh first two matches so um and yeah i forgot if the, maybe he picked up a knock too i forgot what the what the what the reason was but yeah hopefully we see him uh, at least in a cameo role soon uh just for the novelty of that, just to have him back, it'd be nice. I don't know what he's how much he's going to do to actually affect things on the pitch, or if he's even really going to be getting a, given an opportunity in terms of some sort of large minute share. But, uh, yeah, uh, obviously a loss for 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 Cole to not be in there, um, based on how important he's been. But I, I do think that Ochipka ended up looking a little bit better, um, in, in this one, and maybe that's because he's gotten some rest and isn't you know being ground down week in week out, you know, unrelentingly for such a long period of time.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the game started out fairly well for us. Uh, I mean, possession-wise, it was closer than we had expected. Shots, we had some fairly uh, amount of good amount of shots. Not necessarily good shots, but there were shots. Uh, we started out in the first minute. I think Becker got a shot off in the first minute or something like that. Uh, and yeah. it, it looked fairly even, you know, considering it was Bayern and considering who we are at the moment. Um, but, you know, we, we were punching toe-to-toe with them. We, we, we knew a goal was probably coming. Um, it took about 33 minutes before uh, Thomas Muller scored. Uh, Joshua Kimmich, uh, with a nice cross from the, from the right-hand side, found Muller back, back door Becker really wasn't marking him like he should have been. Um, he's too easy of a goal for him. I think of the four goals that were scored, that was probably the only one that was, uh, a a good goal. I would say by, by Byron, the rest of them were really bad, bad defensive. Even this goal was a bad defensive effort, but I, at least you can understand it was a great pass by Kimmich, uh, to get that in there. Um, not the way you want to start. Obviously it, it was promising first 30 minutes, no goals. Which is, I thought we we're going into halftime. But as soon as I thought that they scored, I'm like, fuck, man, me, um, what were your thoughts on on that initial goal?
0: Yeah, first thirty minutes, it didn't really look like top of the league versus bottom of the league, which is what it was. It it, it looks like a much more competitive match. Now, I do think that Byron was being able to play balls into the box a little bit too easily. Um, and I think they definitely had the better of the chances in the first half hour, but Schalke came out from the very first minute looking lively, got a shot off right away and they had some chances of their own. So um, I mean, they, they were in it and they could have easily taken the lead at some point. Um, but unfortunately it's, I mean the same old story. How many times have we talked about this team getting off to a good 15, good 20 minutes, good half hour um, before a really silly defensive mistake just blows the game open. And uh, yeah, like you said, Kimmich picks the ball up. Um, and Becker is is, I think a little bit overly concerned about the presence of Leroy Zane, who's kind of like off a little bit outside the box and that causes him to you know lose track of the the much more imminent threat in, in Thomas Muller. and um, yeah, he just lost his mark there and it's, it's a free header. You can't do that. You can't give a player of that of that caliber a free header. You know, within five yards of goal, it's it's just not 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 how you win. Um, so yeah, frustrating. It's and it's yeah, it's the same old thing. It, it's it's a good start, and then it's somebody switches off for a second, um, loses track of their guy, has has a quick you know brain fart, whatever, um, and just like that, it's uh. You know the games. The game's already flipped on its head. So,
1: I don't know if Byron was just a weaker for some reason. Maybe because they've had a, a rough stretch of games lately that's really worn out. I don't know. It's because it seemed like we were more into the game than we should have been. You know, considering who the opponent was, um, we we missed opportunities is like the theme of this game because obviously poor defensive marking led to their goals. All four of their goals. We had some opportunities ourselves where we either skyed the shot or like in the 11th minute, Mark Ute had a great opportunity, a header right in front of Neuer and hits it right towards him instead of hitting one of the corners. Um, you see in other places, places where either Sardar or Uth or somebody else either shoots it wide or over the bar, and it's like you have these opportunities against a team like of this caliber. You need to be deadly with them. We've talked about it a minute, numerous times. You cannot give this other the opponents this these chances. You have to be clinical. It's the one thing we keep repeating over and well, over. One of the many things we repeat, um, and it's again proven in this game how we had opportunities but we did nothing with them.
0: Yeah, I mean the Mark Uth header. what was that? 10th, 12th minute. Yeah. Um, actually, actually a moment of, of Bashino Chipka getting up the field, a, a, which was, which is what we've been That's saying really has not been, yeah. been happening all season. Maybe he's, you know, been watching what he's has been doing, or maybe this is the influence of Christian gross, but a nice moment from Chipka and, uh, also shout out Matthew Hoppy on that play because he makes a very hard dive near post. And that actually draws the yep. defenders in there and clears out the center of the box for to make that run. Um, but yeah, but it's a lofted ball right into the center of the box and, and he just hits it, kind of directly at Manuel Neuer. Who I mean, to be fair, it's a good save. He gets down, he gets yeah. low, and and also to be fair, um, you know, it, so basically what happened is like the entire right side of the goal was open for Marku to head that ball in there. Um, I think it was Alfonso Davies was on that side of him, yes. so that might have been affecting his ability to kind of aim it that way. But in the situation we're in, that clear of an opportunity, point blank range, you have to do better than that. Um, and that's the thing is like you know we, we once again we talk about Marku being an important player for us early in the season and being one of the guys who was really stepping up now that things have like, I don't want to say they've settled down, but we, we we've seen a little bit of like a, a turn in terms of like competency going forward. Right now that we finally have something going on going forward, Mark, not finishing the chances. And it's like, dude, yeah. like this is what, I mean, this is why he's been frustrating. Um, it's like, you, you want to give this guy props and everything, but he, he has not consistently been kind of the guy that we hoped he would be. And he's doing it again now, kind of, recently um i don't want to be overly harsh on him but it's just like you know we, we got to take some of these chances i mean the fact that you know it's the 19 year old american who's, who's been you know the more clinical person on the team is not a good look i mean even harit yeah, like yeah. harit's finishing is so all over the place like i mean the, the goal he scored against hoffenheim confident laser finish and then sometimes he just hits it and he just completely scuffs it or like it's a dead ball it's just yeah yeah it's just there's no consistency and that's it's really frustrating
1: yeah, and he has some opportunities just like that in the game. And, uh, yeah, it is, it's certainly frustrating. And I think Ethan had a good point last week where maybe, you know, it's Hopi is more of, a you know, fresh eyes. I think you brought it, brought it up too as well. You know, not, not really have to – he hasn't been experiencing this all season long, so he's got his fresh eyes. He's got the confidence, you know, and he's just – he's maybe they're keeping it simple for him, and he's going and doing what he's got to do, keeping it easy. But, yeah, it seems like – and I don't remember if it was on a podcast you brought this up or if someone tweeted this out, but, um, you know, it seems like – uh the better that we've gotten the better the plays look the worse uth has gotten when the team's been really poor uth's been uth's been am- amazing uh, and then when the team's gotten better and gets opportunities like you said uth just misses these opportunities and they're like what's going on here you know it doesn't make that the two aren't clicking for some reason um uh, but uh, i mean we go into halftime down one nothing considering that's a decent result uh, Mer- uh mark uh ralph fairman is coming up with some big saves in the game all game long he's had some big saves um for a majority of the match, he's one of the better players on the pitch. For, uh, shot had, had that
0: double save off the uh, the free kick where where Levin oh yeah, quite a quick, quick one 2 and then the rebound fell. I think it was Gnabry again. Um, yes, and Fairman yes. saved both of those, which was really nice. From yeah, yeah, so I mean, good. I mean, well, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But overall, since he's been.
1: Back up to this team. point, up to this point, yeah. he's, he's having a really good game. Yeah, uh, so going to, you know, coming out of the half, uh, up or down one, nothing, I should say. Um, we knew the Byron was going to keep attacking because Fairman's obviously been very active in this game, as the announcer said. It kind look, of looked like a training session for, for Ralph Fairman with all the attempts he was making. Uh, but in the 54th, uh, a goal would happen a really very sloppy goal. Uh, I don't remember if it was Boateng or whoever, uh, passed, lofted it over the top. You know, Lewandowski, great first touch to control it. And then it's really like a bad news bears in front of the goal with him and Kabak and and Fairman. And somehow Lewandowski keeps it and just slides right underneath all the two of them uh, to get that goal 2 0. It's not a pretty goal at all. Like we, we've said this numerous times, especially about against Bayern. Don't give up these cheap goals like this. Make them earn it, make them cut through us. And they're not doing that at all. It's just a broken record. You, you could
0: put like framed photographs of quotes from us that we just repeat ad nausea. But yeah, like this was the most. Why aren't I mean, they ad- watching
1: this podcast or listening? I, I,
0: this was in weirdly, and you might disagree with this, but weirdly, this was the most frustrating goal in this game because yeah. it's the kind of shit that you think that we would be attempting to overcome a team like Bayern, and Bayern often breaks you down in, in, in such more attractive, intricate ways, Um, and, and those are the kind of goals that we want them to score against us because it just shows that they're better at us, but like the idea that they can just go complete route one, over the top, long ball in behind, catch our defenders sleeping, and then Ozan Kabak, who for the second... Not the second game in a row, maybe, but like you know, we saw it against Luka Jovic. Um, I mean, it's it's not good defending in the box, man. I mean, this is the guy that's that's got you know y- y big clubs supposedly rumored to be looking at him at times. Um, I mean, these these are I mean Lewandowski's Lewandowski, right? He's he's really good. Like I mean, this he's is a good thing. Nice. You don't need to help. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be overly harsh, but this is like if this kid if this kid is supposedly of this level, then you would expect him to not be getting burned that badly against Jovic and, and Lewandowski. You know pretty quickly so that was just it was just so frustrating because of how beneath I think what Bayern is capable of doing how far beneath them that goal was and they still scored it against us fairly easily but I mean credit to Lewandowski because he's nuts and the fact that he's able to keep track of the ball under his feet in that way with everything going on there is just um I mean that's why he's one of the best in the world
1: now this may be over over complicating things here really but you know when you have young defenders with so much hype it, it goes one of two ways especially when they play against top notch strikers or the best striker in this case um you, you take a case like Ozan Kabak where you have an opportunity to really step up your game and, and play above your play above expectations or you crumble under under the pressure and I think he's crumbled crumbling under the pressure in this now if you had someone like Mateus Delic for example uh he would probably step up his game and probably a pretty good job on him you know it's different caliber caliber player um and there's nothing against kabak but it just seems like over the last i don't know how many games he seems if maybe his head is somewhere else i don't know we're not there in the locker room we don't know exactly what's going on maybe just the whole team is playing poorly but uh these mistakes are compounding one after the other and like what, what is going on this is something we you think they would be able to handle a yeah. loose ball like that. And granted the ball could be bouncing around and, and stuff happens. I get it. Yeah, and once
0: again, it's a player from Bayern Munich and a player who's kind of a Real Madrid player, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he's ending up on the ground both times. I mean, he's just like fall. I mean, he's just getting completely, it's not, it's not a good look. And you, you would just hope that somebody with that kind of hype behind him would be able to do a little bit better than that, but tough situation. Yeah.
1: yeah. So two, nothing at that point. Um, And then, you know, Fairman continues to make save after save and, I remember I'm sitting there watching the game. It's about 85th minute. And I'm like two nothing. This is way above my expectation. I thought this would be a good result for us. fairman man the match easily. Um, this is a pretty good result for us considering how we lo- looked in the first game. 88th minute comes and uh, corner kick. Thomas Muller over the top on uh, Nastasic. Goal goal that shouldn't have happened. You know should have been defended uh, better. Three nothing at that point. You're like okay okay. And then just what two minutes later Alaba from like no man's land takes a deep shot and something that fairman should have had i think granted it could have been blocked or whatever but so at that distance you would think he would be able to get, get it especially it was right at him basically uh fluffs that and for me i'm glad i didn't tweet that out because i was getting ready to say oh man the match i'm like oh, uh, uh, never mind
0: no you're exactly right your th- game, but- yeah you're um you're exactly right though in the sense that one of our big concerns, I mean, our, our main concern is we need to win games. How, however we accomplish that, that's the most important thing. But one of the other concerns about this this very much relegation fight that we're in now is goal difference and how poor our goal difference has been this season. The, the, you know, the, the, the first leg against Bayern very much part and a contributing factor to that. But as you said, late into this match, you know, 86 men or whatever, you're, you're looking at this and you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's a loss to Bayern, but even when we're in good form, we're not beating Bayern And the fact, the idea... That we can get out of here uh, and only have you know the hit to our goal difference be an additional two against Bayern, you'll take that all day. And then wouldn't you know it, you know we, we allow them to to score two more in like the final moments of the match, which just makes it you know the Schalke 04 meme continues. As uh, John McKenzie said, the most cursed image in all of football is when you know they show the scoreline and it's the shot. You know I mean it's brutal, um, yeah. And it's 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 the second time in the match that there is Kimmich to a completely unmarked Thomas Muller for a free header in the box. Can we get three assists in this game? Um, And and this was the second time that he connected with Muller with no one marking him. How does this happen? How are we consistently, consistently this bad from set pieces from corners, this kind of thing. This is what we said last week was like, oftentimes when your team is playing awful and you're in a fight, this can be your saving grace. This can be your salvation. You can steal some goals on set pieces. You can be really strong there. And it's like one of our biggest liabilities, which is not, not bode well. And then finally, as you said, yeah, the, the Alaba goal. Um, I mean, it, Fairman saw it late based on, I think, how it was coming over there, but he still has to do better than that. And somebody's got to step to him and not let him shoot from that kind of range. But, I mean, that's just the icing on the cake. A goal that poor to, yeah. to make it 4-0. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it went from a game that, let, like, a pretty good result to something that's like, okay, another laughing stock It's good. I mean, there were definitely positives in this game, but you see, you know, Newell fears the scoreline. You're like, okay, that game was crap. But I mean, there were some positives in the game. We did do well at times against Byron. We, you know, we had some shots, which is a struggle we've had against good teams. We had something like 13 shots in the game. Um Ochipka had some decent moments as well. Um, and, You know, obviously, Fairman had a big game, but, you know, still all this is overshadowed because, two really poor goals at the end of the game and kind of just, we could have walked away down lo- losing to nothing, but having momentum after the game. Cause I think that would have been, a, you know, okay, look, that's a pick me up game. We played much better than we did probably against, you know, Frankfurt and Cologne up to that point. But then those two goals happen. You're like, all right, throw that out the door. And, you know, to bring your point about the, the set pieces, right. The, the, even the announcers are talking about like, this is the one area that Schalke has been poor at all season long you think this is what the only thing to be practicing and and, and practice, and they're not doing it, or uh, Gross? You think would be focused so, focusing solely on this? Maybe he should take a page out of Marco Rose's book and not practice him at all, and maybe they'll get better because that's why they're number one in the league and set piece goals. I don't know, but it's 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 frustrating when you you know this is a main weakness, one of the main weaknesses of the team. It's probably one of the major weaknesses, other than in defense in general, and we've done nothing to improve that whatsoever with all the coaches we've had this season.
0: The goals are all awful goals. Yes, every, every single see, yeah, every single goal we can see in this match was a bad goal. No, none of these are Bayern. Like I mean, like I'm not trying to not give them credit for what for what they did. They have great players on the pitch and and they created these chances. But like it's yeah, it's, it's 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 so frustrating because the rest of the game, kind of in it. If it's not for just these these like these several moments of just like absolute like you know brain dead football that we show. Um, and it's just the same thing over and over. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say that like, you know, it's easy to say if it wasn't for the four goals that Byron scored, they wouldn't have scored four goals. I know how ridiculous that sounds when I say that, but it's just like, uh, you know, the goals they scored didn't, didn't seem to be as much a part, um, of the play that was going on. You know what I mean? Sometimes like certain things are building and then they ultimately figure it out and they make it work. And these are just, you know we're defending well and it's a long ball played over the top, a long ball from the side that no one picks up a marker. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's awful. So could have been an opportunity uh, as difficult as it is to, to take anything from any, any, you know, more losses at this point, because we desperately need to avoid them. Um, if there was a loss that we could have taken something from, you know, two 0 to Bayern may have been that loss just because of how much of an improvement it was earlier early in the season. And the fact that it's not, you know, a terrible performance necessarily but yeah the last two goals just kind of totally changed that narrative unfortunately and, and I, um yeah
1: i think the worst part of it is that no one had any expectation in this game that we would get a result right you're coming into this game we knew that we had to win in frankfurt had to win at cone and we didn't either. and we're like okay we're playing byron we're just gonna get shellac no one had expectations and then we played fairly decently we had some positives up until the 88th minute and then all of a sudden that goes out the window too. So they gave us hope for 88 minutes, 87 minutes, and we're like, okay, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can have a decent result—not a win, but a decent result. And no, it goes back to the same old meme of no fear, like you, like you mentioned. So, uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, we did talk about um, how there were some moves that happened. Obviously, Huntlar coming in. Uh, obviously, Kalasinek coming in. You know, a couple weeks before him. Um, one of the big news, at least for Shock America headquarters, uh, a, a young Ahmed Kutuchu, uh was moved out on loan with no option to buy, which I guess is a good thing, um, to uh, Heracles Almelo in, uh, in the Eredivisie in, in Netherlands, top division. Um, you know... It's apparently this move. There was a lot of play, a lot of teams that Katucci could have gone to, and he kind of handpicked them because he thought maybe he, get, he can get the most pitch time out of there. Which I agree, he needs to go somewhere to play if he's not going to be playing for us. Why he's not playing for us, it's beyond us. Uh, but he, you know, he did agree on this move to uh, to Heracles. And um, what do we see from the from the young uh, free Katucci movement? There uh, gets his first uh, substitution in the game, in his first game, game winning assist. Uh, for those who didn't watch the game, uh, it's the 90th minute. Uh, had a one on one against the defender, nice move around him, outpaced him to the ball, fed uh, fed Berghorst or whoever the guy is who scored a goal and he he, you know, he put it away. Um uh it, it's kind of like rubbing salt the wounds for us because we you know someone who could have been doing that for us, but it's also nice to see him doing well because there is no option to buy for Heracles, which is good because he be, means he'll come back to us eventually. So um it's good and bad. It's bittersweet. Uh what are your thoughts on the move and then you know seeing young get getting assist on his first game.
0: Well, obviously anybody that saw my uh my message on on the uh, the shock America Twitter account knows exactly how I feel about it um I think it's an absolutely absurd decision by the club and obviously I'm gonna criticize it heavily um Richard uh assuming Matthew Hoppy got subbed out um uh and actually he did actually in this game but but forget that but I'm, I'm saying hypothetically let, let, with, with with the lineup and the bench as it is what forwards do you have to sub in for Matthew Hoppy I'll tell you who was on the bench in this game. Hamza Mendel. Not, Hans- not a striker. Omar Mascarell. Not a striker. Isha Longer. Not a striker. Nassim Buyaleb.
1: Not a striker. They're trying,
0: they're trying to make him one. I mean, he, they're he's trying was, to make him one. He's about as much a striker as Weston McKennie is, is a striker. And Hamza um, Mendel. Yeah. <laughs> and Hamza Mendel, yeah. Uh, Levit Merkan. Not a striker. Jan Bosduan Should be playing more, but not a striker. Maddox Chow.
1: Yeah.
0: What? And, and Huntular is in. It, it, if Huntular, okay. So what happens if if Matthew Hoppy goes down with injury? Not knock on. I mean, not obviously not wishing this on anybody, and I don't even want to like speak this into existence in the universe. But like, what if Mark Uke goes down? What if Matthew Hoppy goes down? You you don't have anybody.
1: Shout
0: I mean, like this, this move makes either. this move makes all the sense in the world for Ahmed Katuchu because they're clearly refusing to play him. And if you're a young player, you need to go get experience. Yeah, go over the Dutch league. Hopefully, bang in a bunch of goals, get some confidence, come back. I, Makes all the sense in the world for Katuchu whether deserved or undeserved. They're not playing this guy, but the yeah. thing is, even if you're not gonna play him, why would you get rid of him and then get rid of what little depth that we have?
1: Yeah, like is nowhere even
0: close. What to is back. this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Paciencia is still. I mean, th- this is insane to me. Yeah. Is there somebody else that we're promoting from the youth system that I haven't heard about yet? That's. I mean, like what? It, I mean, we've seen the injury troubles that Schalke have had to the forward position in very recent history. Extremely recent history. Yeah. That could easily happen again. Yep. And it doesn't even need to be that widespread. If one or two people go down, like you're you would want Ahmed katuchu to be available. I think it's a horrible decision. And uh yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously I, I overrate this guy because people that are much more credentialed and experienced in the footballing world don't rate him as highly as I do. That's fine. Even so, has to be there for depth. I I, I think, and I think it, yeah, I, I I really hope, I really hope we don't live to regret it. I um, super, super frustrating, but good for him for, you know, coming on in his first appearance and, uh, making something happen at the death to get a result for his team.
1: I think, uh, going to the Dutch league is good for him because it's a very offensive league. Uh, he'll have a chance to, um, gain confidence. As you mentioned, uh, try out some things that he won't normally get to try again in the Bundesliga. And then hopefully, like you said, bangs in some goals, gets some assists, brings it back some confidence. And, you know, hopefully next year in the Bundesliga, he's able to you know, be a contributor more so than he is right now. But it it was head-scratching for sure the move. But, again, bittersweet that he he went over there and then gets the game-winning assist in there. And you're like, okay, well, could have been. Well, could have been, I guess. It look, could, look, could still be. I, I
0: fully admit that he could be the next, like, you know, Donis Avdi or whatever, like Ed Schalker. like He, he yeah. could be that kind of figure that everyone thinks is going to break through and really does. That might be the career trajectory this guy ultimately has. Yeah. But, like, when he's consistently getting called up to the Turkish national team, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's whatever, but, um, okay. I'm done. I'm done ranting on that for the time being. you sure. And, yeah. And hopefully, and hopefully I haven't, should we do weekly Katuchu updates? That would be funny to keep the me going. Maybe we should give everyone a break and just not talk about him for the rest of the season. Cause I think everyone, our audience has probably earned that respite, but, yeah. um,
1: maybe once a month we'll update on what he's doing in the Dutch. Maybe week, I'll just
0: man. start a series of like separate videos outside of the podcast. Just called Katuchu watch where I just constantly give you updates on what's going
1: on. Maybe with you just do it in Dutch. How about that? No? No?
0: I I mean you're you're more ambitious on that than I am. I, I, w- I wouldn't dare disrespect the great Dutch people with my <laughs> to their language.
1: Uh, so Matt says uh, on on uh, YouTube he says I didn't realize Katucha played on loan already. He has uh, also hope he does well. His lack of playing time seems like one of the few consistencies in the club. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. That's fair. And I, I it's it, we don't know what's going on in the back scenes. Like you said, we don't know what's going on in practices. Uh, but still, this for the depth reasons, there's that no strikers
0: on the bench. There's none. Yeah. There's no one.
1: I mean, when when he got sub- when Hopi got subbed out, uh, Ramon ended up being, being being a striker, and he's not a striker either. Is um, they could do the job somewhat. You know, with no, there's no one else who can be able to do it, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you know, good for good for Katici doing well, and uh, you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get off the topic because we could go all day on this. Um, but we did get some. To, Matondo too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least, you can, at least you can throw him on for depth. We don't have any. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's right. We did, we did get Matondo as well. So, I mean, yeah, we got nobody now. So, um, we didn't lose all players. We did bring in we, – we brought in some players. Uh, another loan we got. Uh, this time we got William, uh, another Brazilian, a 15th Brazilian to join Xhaka. Um Right back. Uh, it's a position we need for sure. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Becker's been doing a decent job. You and Ethan were talking about it last episode how, you know, we're not really talking about Becker because he hasn't been making too many big mistakes. Obviously, the goal he gave up against uh, Mueller was not a good one. But overall, he's been fairly fairly decent, Uh, you know, nothing too great, nothing poor. Uh, He's been solid. And, yeah, now we got uh, William coming in. Now, William hasn't been played a while because he has a a crucial ligament uh, injury that he had. That's why he's only played two games this year. But when uh, he joined Wolfsburg initially, uh, there's a lot of hype about him because he, well, he came from Porto Internacional in, in Brazil. Uh, good right back, a lot of talent. Um, had a good season, uh, I think, last year. I think he hit something like six goals, eight of six assists or something like that. As right back. Um, obviously, the injury is going to hurt him. And he needs uh, time to play, and they're, they're, whoever they have right now playing for them is playing pretty well. Um, so what, is, what are your thoughts on the move? You think, A, is he going to get a start initially? Um, over Becker, should he get a start over Becker? Or what are your thoughts on the move? low well, no option to buy. I believe
0: well, it's nice to see that after eighteen match days, we finally decided to like officially dress the right back position. You know, it, it, it was only like a year ago that Daniel Caligiuri announced that he wasn't going to be coming back, or when you know, whenever it was. Yeah. Nice yeah. to finally yeah. got around it to, to to you know actually fielding a right back at that position. Um, I I mean, I, but to be fair, in the January window, Coliseum and William, good business.
1: Yeah. Honestly,
0: I mean, I mean, like, yeah, you you we talk about actually, those are the weaknesses, you know. Schneider legitimately anyway, yeah. the right back and the left back needs. So I mean, credit to him. I'm just frustrated that it took us all the way until January to do this because you know I'm I'm not saying it would have made the difference in you know the performance of the team would have been night and day if we had had those positions locked down earlier in the season, but it certainly would have helped. Um, but yeah, as you say, I mean, if he's coming back from injury, this is a move that I think makes sense for for all three parties involved both Wolfsburg the player and Schalke I mean he he's probably they would probably be wanting to ease him back a little bit or maybe he's not in their plans at the moment just because they have whatever they have going on um so this gives him an opportunity to probably get more consistent minutes that they feel comfortable giving him at Wolfsburg and get him back to match fitness and then if he does well maybe he's back in the you know the starting lineup for them next season so yeah a lone move that I'm actually I was pleasantly surprised when uh pleasantly surprised when I saw that rumor um yeah. initially before it got locked up I was like wow that would actually be be nice, so you know, yeah. Better. I was like, there's no
1: chance this happening. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll yeah. take it. Credit. Uh, I know people were screaming when they heard uh, ozio join Fenerbahce uh, for free, uh, with, with 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 drew his uh wages. And I understand why where the frustration comes from, however, you have to understand also where Otsil was. Otsil says he's always wanted to play for Fenerbahce, that's why he's, he would do something like that. Granted, he's a shock boy. Uh, but he had his eyes set on either the U.S. or or Turkey, and he said he wants to play there before he retired. And I can see why he did that. So I don't think that deal would have happened for us.
0: Well, the arrival of Mesudozil potentially uh, increases the motivation for one, Omar Bayez to uh, uh, uh to leave. Uh, so this is this That's is a nice this, segue. Yeah, there you go. So this is, yeah, do you like that? I was that was that was very professional for me. This is a very um, Turkish episode, by the way, which I've now ruined by talking about how professional it was. Um. <laughs> This is this is the the latest rumor, I guess. So this is um seventeen year old central attacking midfielder, um so somebody who would be you would imagine very much in the position that Mezidozo is now going to occupy, um and who knows how much first team football Mezidozo really has left in him at the age of thirty two, given that his work rate is already something that's been heavily criticized as it is, um but you know um already a young kid who maybe hasn't gotten quite the number of opportunities he would have liked to and could be looking to make you know a, a step elsewhere. Not sure why Schalke would be a super attractive destination outside of the number of turkish national players that are kind of in the mix with kabak and formerly katucu but you know Bosnian people Maybe that's some appeal. Um, yeah. And obviously we have a good, you know, he, he would probably actually get some playing time, but um, don't know if this is going to happen or how strong this rumor is yet. Have you heard much more? That's actually suggesting that there's ongoing negotiations or something.
1: Um, I, there was a rumor from, and I forget the website, it's a Turkish website that they said that there was a, already an agreement with a five-year deal uh, to come in July, 2021 through 2026 with a 40 million option dollar to buy. I don't know where the money would come from. Tony's maybe, <laughs> um, that's the rumor, but there's also a rumor that he could be going to the arch rivals of Fenerbahce, going to Galatasaray. Um, so we don't know yet, uh, but there, it's still a strong rumor with Schalke. There's also rumor that uh, Osteel is trying to help, you know, convince him to go to Schalke because that's a good place to go, especially for a youngster. Um, he is, for those who don't know him, he is the Turkish Messi. Uh, watch some of the highlights. He's actually pretty decent on the ball, pretty competent. You know, we we talk about how competent. uh than the
0: German Messi, Max Meyer.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, football got.
0: Yeah, me stop um,
1: calling people to something messy. Let's just let's just talk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Max Meyer thing I've um, i
1: seen this kid I see this kid on the ball. Uh he's he's got good ball retention, good ball possession. Uh you, if you think Bazoan is, you know, looks pretty good when he has the ball, this kid is actually pretty really good. He's only 16, 17 years old. Um he's already been given the captain's armband for after Narbace for a couple of games. Um he was he played a really big role for them recently in their in their Turkish League Cup game. Uh so he's got some moves. He's got really good assists. I mean, he's got like Yes, he's got those cheeky flare type moves as well, but he's very strong on the ball for being a kid his age. Um, so, if that move were to happen, that would be excellent for us because, yes, I think he could uh, be in not, maybe not in the starting 11 right off the front, but he would be involved heavily, hopefully, you know, considering I don't know how his practice is, you know, how he doesn't practice or whatnot, but it's someone that's someone we could certainly develop. Schalke has a, a knack for developing young players, or, or, or they did, you know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I think it would be a good addition. If, if, if Schneider pulled us off, that'd be amazing. Uh, considering the the claim this kid is, is has right now, he's he's looking as the the future star for Turkey for for many years to come. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, definitely somebody who has some hype around him. Uh, I, I would be skeptical about how much impact a seventeen year old, yeah, would have or how much we'd have to rely on him. Um, and obviously, like I'm I'm not going to claim that I'm super familiar with him. But my my rapid fire take, you know, quick reaction to the small sample size of, of stuff that I've seen of him would be, you know, very similar to yours. I think he has very good um, awareness of where his teammates are around him at kind of at all times, even when he's not necessarily looking there, but he has, he has good vision as well. Um, really tidy feet, good on the ball. Um, pretty good off the ball movement. And I, the other thing I like is I think he really uses his, his body positioning intelligently. Um, yeah. So he's not just like, you know, receiving a pass. He's often like, really about, yeah, about how he's receiving that pass and whether or not that sets him up to make an initial, like, you know, move somewhere else. So, and somebody who's not afraid, afraid to take people on, on the dribble and, and force a defender a decision and opening something up for his teammates. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if we were to somehow bring him in and slot him right into, you know, kind of the, the number 10 role in the, in the four, two, three, one. Um, yeah. Could help us with our creativity. Maybe combines nicely with, with Harit and they can, they can add a spark
1: it's got to say something that uh, all the Fenerbahce fans are obviously pissed that he he could possibly be leaving them uh someone especially if the if the rumor is true that you know it's a five-year deal for 40 million dollars to to Shalka. or anywhere even especially even guilt yeah, that's right even that'd be even worse for them but um it says that they they really you know really uh appreciate the kid and they really want him to be there but i guess in the same vein you could also flip that and say that there's a lot of people who thought uh Kutuchu could be someone that uh that they're pissed off that he's leaving there so you know there's there's that too i guess so um, it all comes back to Katusha, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, we'll oh, see. Teacher, we'll yeah. see. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep an update on Omer Farouk Beyaz. Uh, he's a, certainly a, a talent. I mean, go go on YouTube, check out his highlights. Uh, like I said, he's played recently for for Fenerbahce in the Turkish uh, Cup game they had. So um, good skill on the, on the ball. I'm curious what people think. You know, definitely check it out. Let us know in the next episode what you thought about him, and we'll we'll monitor the the window here. We got about five days left or so. Uh, we'll see if any more moves come in. I mean, we obviously still need some help. We've obviously addressed two major issues with the left back and right back, which is great. Uh, brought in Huntelar, which I'm excited to see him play. Um, you know, I, I, with Huntelar, I was wondering what the Ajax fans would think about him. He's obviously a, a legend for them, but what would the thoughts be? And they're, they're all, all you've seen from Ajax Twitter has been good things, positive things. Like, you know what? They're like good for him. He deserves to do whatever he wants. If he wants to go there and save, his, save, save one of his favorite teams, let him do it. Um, so it's all been positive for Huntelaar IX has been very classy with this whole thing as well, especially with them waving the fee. Exactly.
0: Class organization top to yeah. bottom with the fans yeah. I mean, for that, them helping him become available to us that easily and yeah. really taking an active role in facilitating that move was greatly appreciated.
1: And it says something about someone who's who who made it clear that he's retiring at the end of the year or end the end of the season. Uh, Wants to spend his last six months trying to save one of his favorite teams, as opposed to just taking it easy and playing on the top team in, in the Netherlands. It says a lot about him as well. So hopefully we can treat him well enough that he can get some goals for us. It's the
0: least Ajax can do after the the Europa League
1: semifinal. <laughs> so 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 gut punch there, not it? it? It was a tough game. Still hurts me. It does. It does. It's the last time we were good, I think. It's so. football. <laughs> it is football. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's. Probably put a wrap on this one. Uh, Obviously, it's the window. We'll keep an eye on on all the transfers that come out here. So, uh, Anything else, Jack, you got for us?
0: No, I'm good. Good to have you back, man.
1: I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, Not fully recovered yet. Uh, Jaw's very sore still, but uh, the meds are helping for sure. Uh, Take meds responsibly. (laughs) Uh, That'll put a wrap on this one. Uh, If you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. Uh, You can just put enter your email address and get them once a month. Uh, definitely a good way to keep up on not only the club, but also the local fan clubs around the U.S. and even our podcast as well. Uh, we're going to give a little quick plug to uh, teespring.com slash Shalke Get your gear. Uh, of course, none of neither of us are wearing our gear at the moment, but you can get their gear there for the Shalke store. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you to all the listeners and uh, for Shock for providing tidbits on our podcast today. Uh, anything you would like us to talk about in the future, just let us know at Shock America, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We'll we'll try to respond. So, um, Jack, uh, where can our listeners find you on social media?
0: At J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Yes, uh, take medication responsibly in consultation with your physician and uh, do the same when it comes to your Schalke viewing. Make sure you consult your doctor to make sure you're healthy enough to view Too, if you have a history of heart problems, anything like that. It may
1: not be advisable. That's true. That is very true. Watch responsibly. Uh, as always, you can follow me at R anywhere, really. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, uh, for those watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you uh, subscribe. If you haven't done so yet, like, leave comments, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's anything else you'd like us to see on the page. Uh, we'll try to get some more content for you, maybe some history about Chaka here coming here shortly, so we'll see. Uh, but until the next podcast comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Tschüss.